Hey y'all, welcome to the second episode of the Jairus v. Judy podcast. I had a great turnout for the amount of listeners for my first podcast episode. So I just want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen. It means so much to me. And I encourage anybody else that has anything to say that's encouraging or positive, you start your own because your voice, it, it, it does matter. If it doesn't matter to the masses, I'm, I'm telling you, one person, it will help them. So I encourage everybody to do this. But so this week, like I told you guys, I'm going to be real and let you know what's going on. So right now, and just the LSAT, I mean, you see me, I'm stuttering. That's how flustered it's got me. This LSAT test is literally, it's hard. And some people are like natural test takers. I'm not. I'm kind of more like, I would say like a Socratic learner. Meaning like if you ask me my opinion, if you ask me why I feel a certain type of way, if you ask me, can you say how you feel and then explain it like I'm your girl, okay? I can sell water to a fish and tell a fish why they need the water. Like that is me. But things that are just very, like, there's only one definite answer. Stuff like that. And there's no leeway. That's kind of where I've always struggled. Not saying that I can't rise to the occasion of it, but it just doesn't inherently come natural to me. So that is what I'm dealing with with the LSAT. Because, of course, that's what it's all about. I am set to take the LSAT in September and October. Um, I was blessed to be accepted into like a pre-law fellowship and in another episode, I'll kind of go down that, um, avenue and kind of let you guys know about different like fellowships and things that you can take even before you are a law student, which help alleviate so many costs because cost is also a huge barrier along with the academic part that deters a lot of people from getting into this industry or even wanting to be an attorney. But that'll be another episode. Um, But anyway, back to the fellowships that I am. And I'm actually in two. They require that I take LSAT classes. So right now, my LSAT schedule is classes Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, And this is going to be set to go through... One is set to go through uh, November, and then one ends at the end of August. So needless to say... The Judy part of me is screaming. My poor dear husband and the three kids, although they're awesome sports, it is a lot to do. So when I first took my first LSAT, it was in September 22, September 2022. And to be honest, I had studied, but really you got to have some kind of guidance as far as how to study with this test. And I bombed it. I got, so the scale for for reference is from 120 to 180. I scored 144, which to some people that, you know, are not really aware of the implications of what that means. It's like, oh, you didn't do too bad. But for people that know, no, baby, I did bad. Okay. Ain't no law school going to set me with a 144. That's bad. Um, And especially a little backstory about me. I am one of those students where I would probably be what they call like a splitter. And that means is like, I don't have the greatest GPA. Like my graduating GPA is like 2.89. Again, might now sound horrible, but when you're going to like higher levels of academia, 2.89 looks like you got Fs, right? Because I'm coming in and I'm competing against people that have like 3.9s, 4.0s, 3.5s, which 
uh, compared to my 2.89, it's like, girl, what were you doing in class? Sleeping? Uh, I was doing a lot of partying, but again, that's for another episode. But anyway, um, so yeah, so for me, it is definitely important that I score high on the LSAT. So to come out of the gate and get a 144, I was extremely like, you know, just crushed. And I, I'm honestly like deterred from it. Um, so I decided to go ahead and push out me applying to this year um, just because I had just had my son um, the year prior. And, you know, my kids are just still small. They're still small now, but they're a little getting to that point of more so independence. And so I feel like I'm a little bit more in a better place to go ahead and go for it. So back to that. I got a 144. I was like, doggone. OK, you know, upset. Um, so I studied for a couple more months. Took a practice test at home and got a 153, which is like kind of average for my purposes. It's still in a lower scale. For me, my goal score is 165. So doing a home practice test at 153, I did feel a little bit confident because clearly there's growth, right? That's what an eight point growth. Whereas if you can grow eight points in two months and you keep on that same trajectory, like you will be good. So at that point, I was feeling good, but here's where I went wrong. I was still in the midst of finishing my undergrad, so I decided, you know what, let me just put this on pause, and I will go ahead and finish my undergrad. The 153 score was like in December. I graduated uh, my undergrad the following March, right? So this is where I'm just like, okay, I've graduated. Now I don't have that undergrad homework. I can solely like dedicate to um, the LSAT, which is good in theory, if I would have actually done it. Um, <laughs> my husband, so proud of him, he finally decided to go back to school and better himself. And so for a little bit, I kind of got into like a, a phase of obviously knowing that this was my goal, but being like, okay, let me support him. Let me just, you know, I can, I can pick that L set up again and this and that, which was a mistake. And this is the thing about not holding yourself accountable when it comes to doing things that better myself, that is somewhere that I struggle. Whether it's for my kids, my family, my husband, work, I'm on point. But when it comes to self-care for myself, holding myself accountable to that, that is since I've been a child where I've struggled. And oh, oh, but baby, <laughs> but baby, it showed because I took a practice test, okay, the other night. And again, remind, remember everybody, back in December of 22, I got a 153, which was a, um, excuse me, I got 154, let me do that quick math, a nine point, I'm sorry, progression from my actual official SI score. I just took a process test two nights ago and I got a 148. So that just really, I just, again, from the jump, I told you guys I was going to be honest. I have full belief in myself that I can do it, which is why I have no problem in saying real numbers. Um, but that just goes to show, like, this is a test of skill, not of knowledge. And skills, if anything, are, in order to have a skill, you have to maintain it. Like, a good example that I can think of is, like, driving, right? When you first learned how to drive, like, you probably got into a car accident. You probably were really scared, apprehensive, or whatever the case may be. But as you continue to do it, you got it, and now... You know, most of us probably got our license around 16 to 18. Ten years later, it's just effortless. You just get in the car, you don't even think about it. That is the same way about the LSAT and how you have to think in order to um, 
be successful at this LSAT. And even with that little break of not really thinking and practicing and driving, right, these LSAT techniques, I already dropped, let's see, what's that math? Five points. And for me, like I said, somebody that is going to be a splitter decision, right? Not the best GPA. I have to knock this LSAT out of the park. So it just really put fire under my, you know what, ASS to get it back in gear and really like realign myself with what it is that I'm trying to do. And again, there's sometimes people apply to law school, they don't get in the first time and they reapply. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I really, it's just, you know, just trying to knock it out of the park. Just one time only and try to get it done. So just really like leaning into my my plan moving forward. I literally had um, to look at that practice test and see where I was going wrong. Um, anybody out there that is studying for the LSAT or taking practice tests, I really encourage you to use systems that offer analytics. What I mean by analytics is it'll break down each section of your test let you know by question type, um, let you know which ones you got right or wrong and um, what kind of question family that they're in, whatever the case may be. So you can really see on the test what areas that you need help in that you need to focus on. And so I went back through my analytics and I really just looked at the situation or the areas that I was struggling in. And it looks like for my analytics, where I'm slipping back at is the section of the logic games. Ironically, Back when I took that practice test where I got the 153, during that time, the logic games was my strongest section, right? So again, just reiterating that if you're not sharpening these these driving skills that you need to be successful on this test, you will lose them, right? And so for me, I looked at the analytics, I wrote everything down, and now in my classes, I'm specifically targeting those areas, right? There are four sections, but for me, the strategy that I'm coming up with is if I do well in two sections, I'll have a little bit more leeway to not do so well on the third. The two sections that I favor are the logic games and the logical reasoning. The section that I feel like I have the hardest time with, which it actually surprised me, is the reading comprehension because it takes so much leaning in and consistent focus concentration to, to one follow the passage and then answer the different questions related to the passage that I'm finding for me it's hard to be locked in the whole time especially when the previous sections just really uh, um require you to have like a quick analysis or a quick answer or um confusing answer not confusing but detailed answers based on a set of of quick facts Versus reading comprehension is reading and saying locked in um, into a passage, seeing the different authors and their views. That to me is just like a little bit too much after a different kind of level or um, amount of brain activity is being utilized in the other sections. So for me, that is my plan of action to really lock in and get that logic game and that logical reasoning together. So it really just reminded me seeing that score, that 148 out of 180, which is like, I think like only 48% or something, 48% to, oh, actually I'm, I'm lying, excuse me. It's way lower than that. I think it's like 20, 20 something or 30 something percentile. It's pretty low, but yeah, it's just really not going to cut it. So here I am. I'm set to take the September September LSAT and the October LSAT. I just really have a fire under me to get this done because I know this is something that I can do. 
I just have to, you know, get in that car and practice that skill. Practice that skill. Then y'all going to see me zooming on the freeway. Okay. So I just really, like I said, this podcast is all about being transparent all about really encouraging other people because there's podcasts out there that I have listened to about this process about the LSAT but they won't say what they what their starting score was or they won't say what their ending score was so it's like if you're really not going to be transparent and say what that is what is the point because even when I go on YouTube and I see people like oh I got uh, a 174 and then you watch the video and they're like my diagnostic score was 161 I'm like girl I'm trying to get to 165 I can't relate to you so just really having somebody <laughs> that is just like really, really to be open and say where they're starting from really makes a difference. I mean, I work in the legal field all day, so I know the practicality of the industry and the job, and I know that I can do it. But having to jump through these uh, hoops of academia to get there is just a part of the game. Um, and so really me just telling myself and trying to encourage myself on that front that is, you know, what I just have to do on a daily. Um, because when I get into law school and I'm there, I know I have a leg up on people that are going to be there because I work in it every day. And not to deter or talk mess about people that have the direction and the vision to, to be kindergarten through uh, JD. You know, no shade, no tea to y'all. But I have even met people who have gone through all that schooling and then they get there and they they graduate with their JD, and it's just like, no, being an, an actual a practicing attorney is not for me. I don't like the, the law firm vibe. I don't like the work. It's just not for me. And that's just something that, one, I just could never do. One, financially, and two, you know, I have a family, I have kids. I have people that are depending on my life choices. So just really being sure what I'm doing is pertinent. Um, that is what honestly led me to get my paralegal degree first was so that I could work with attorneys very closely and really see what it is that they actually do. And by that way, really measuring if it was for me. And of course I did that and I absolutely love it. Um, so yeah, that's currently where I'm at. Um, I had an LSAT class this morning, um, and I love it. Um, I'm one of my courses I'm taking is a Kaplan course, which actually I'm loving right now, right now. And yeah, I just really one appreciated the how the instructors were so enthusiastic and just really um, open about the struggle of this test, and but yet the ability to overcome it and actually being able to give tools to do so. So I think so far it is going to be great. Um, I will definitely go ahead and keep you guys posted about how it goes. Of course. I do not officially represent Kaplan or anything like that. Um, I'm just going to give you my view and my personal opinion on the course and how it worked for me. Because I think it's very important. Luckily, like I said, I was blessed to be in a pre-law fellowship that pays for that. But for some people that are paying out of pocket, like it can be pretty pretty spendy. I mean, before I got into these fellowships, I did pay for a class out of pocket. And it was um, $1,399, like $1,399. And so, yeah, it it's, can be extremely pricey. And of course, just taking the course doesn't guarantee that you're going to do well. So that's kind of also like this process in general is a huge investment. Um, but again, if this is for you, I encourage you to go full-fledged and go for it. Um, some people don't even ever get classes and they do well too. So don't think there's just, again, one way to do something if this is a path for you and it's something that you choose to do. 
So another big topic about the LSAT this time around is that since August, you now have a choice to take it in a testing center, which for me, I am elated about. Um, the first time I took the LSAT, it still uh, was during COVID era. And so you had to take it at home and it was proctored through a company. Um, I already am a person where I got to admit, I'm a, I'm wound up a little bit, you know, a little anxious. And so just with just being nervous about the test in general, I went to go take my test through the online proctoring system. And on test day, with all that built up anxiety and anxiousness to take the test, the system crashed and I wasn't even able to take my test after everything. Um, so knowing that this time around, I'll have the ability to walk into like a testing center, have all the materials provided for me and just be like at ease. Well, as much as I can on test day to take my test is like really comforting. So shout out to LSAC for that, because that definitely will make things a whole a lot better. Um, but honestly, anybody that's listening, if you are taking the LSAT um, and you need any accommodations, like make sure that you request those accommodations. Um, if you, you know, need extra test time or maybe you don't see as well, you're visually impaired. Maybe you need the tests or the questions to be read to you out loud. Whatever the case may be, they have accommodation requests on their website. So I highly recommend anyone, if you need an accommodation, to get it. In this country, we have laws against um, discrimination against disabilities and people that are requesting or needing accommodations. And luckily, this test is in alignment with that and is able to give people accommodations based on um, the necessary documentation or whatever that they that it is that they are requesting. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um, this test is definitely a big hurdle to get over. I feel like there's a few hurdles for me in this process and the way that I view it. The first hurdle is really getting a good LSAT score, right? While simultaneously also going over another hurdle of making sure personal statements, diversity statements, letters of recommendation, everything else is up to par as well. So it's kind of two hurdles that you're trying to go over at once to get to the first hurdle. I mean, excuse me, the third hurdle, which is actually getting into law school, right? Fourth hurdle, finishing your 1L year. Because from what I hear from different people um, that I've been friends with that have gone to some of the schools I'm shooting to go for, um, incoming associates at the different law firms I work for, that 1L year is like no joke. It will beat you to the bone. It will make you know for sure if you can finish law school or you cannot. Um, so just looking at these different hurdles and looking at myself as somebody that's trying to sprint and jump ar around them, well, not around them, over them, excuse me, <laughs> I am just trying to remain encouraged and just stay focused on what I need to do. Like I said, like I can sit here and say like, be encouraged, be focused, be inspired, blah, 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 blah. Um, but, and I truly believe those things because honestly you have to, right? One thing my mom always told me, growing up, it's just like, you have to be able to encourage yourself. And that is something that I'm so happy my parents, specifically my mom as a woman, installed in me growing up because it's been able for me during a lot of hard times to pick myself up and progress forward. And I think that's so important um, because like I was saying earlier, when I got that 148 um, a couple of nights ago, like it literally just made me 
just feel so discouraged, feel so small, feel so discouraged, and just made me feel like I should just give up. In that moment, right? In that moment. And it's all, it's okay that we have moments, but what's not okay is to stay in those moments if they're negative, right? Because it, it allows you not to, to live and walk in all the other moments where just you being you goes against all that negativity that you might feel in a moment where you've either been let down or didn't do something or performed in a way that you know you could. And that the other night, that was, you know, for me and how I felt. Um, but I know I'm fully capable. And so that's just what I have to tell myself. Um, as a mother with three boys, um, it's important for me to set an example. And, you know, three black little boys um, growing up in the world that we grow up today. I know that I cannot teach them to be men. Um, my husband is doing that and I'm so grateful to have him. But I can teach them um, what it is that they should look for in a woman, right? And what it is to maybe have different things happen to you in your life that you didn't plan for or that you thought would completely knock you out of being able to move forward and get back on the right path, but overcoming and recovering and continuing in a strong way. And that's just really what um, my goal for myself is, but also ultimately for my children. And so for anybody out there, um, I just, like I said, encourage you, encourage you, encourage you, encourage you, and also encourage you to encourage yourself because at the end of the day, that is really what will get you through. That is what's gotten me through so many times. But also, I'm blessed. I have a, a an amazing village of people around me, around my kids. Um, my parents live five minutes or so from me. I've had the same best friend. Hello, Julie Demison, formerly Brink, since I've been 11 years old. Um, and now us as adults and, and married and having kids, like being able to intertwine our lives and be a constant, strong um, source of support, like... I'm not going to lie. I have it good. Even in the days that I feel like I have it bad, I have it good. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, and so I know there's, there's people out there that don't have it um, in the ways that I do or that certain privileges that I do have. And so, again, this is just a source to encourage those. I'm encouraging you, but I'm encouraging you to also encourage yourself because that with the faith, you don't even have to be religious. You don't even have to believe in God, whatever. Now you should, but whatever. That's another story. <laughs> But with the faith, the Bible will say, the faith, the size of a mustard seed. And that's really all that you need. It's just if you have a little ounce that you can do it, you can move forward, like believe that you can. So, yeah, I think that's all I really have to say for this week. I will touch back um, hopefully next week, if not a little bit sooner, might be a little bit later, um, just to kind of get you guys up to speed on my progress. Hopefully by that time, I plan to take another practice test and have a better score to report because like I said, my the September LSAT is the first test that I'll be taking this year and that is set, I believe, September 9th and 10th. I think those are Friday and Saturday or it might be September 8th and 9th, I think. I can't remember. Um, so yeah, that's coming up pretty soon. But as always, I hope you guys have an amazing, amazing day. You guys just stay encouraged. Whatever it is that you're inspired to do, like I just say, seek it out. If you don't know, get around people that might be able to help you figure out what that is. Like everyone has so many, so much potential and so many gifts and things to give. Like the only person that you are really doing a disservice to not give those gifts I mean, it's yourself, right? I mean, of course, every everybody else I could <laughs> partake in your gift. 
but you're just really selling yourself short if you don't. So yeah, that's all I got to say. I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.